Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Welcome back, listeners, to Midweek in the Word. Thank you for taking the time to join us. We're glad you're with us here for this week's episode, Um, and hopefully you've been enjoying our Old Testament series as we've moved through this Bearing Witness series on each of the books of the Old Testament. Uh, Today we're going to be continuing that series with the follow-up book to our King's discussion from last week. Um, This week we're going to be tackling both first and second Chronicles here on the podcast. I'm looking forward to continuing that discussion. Hopefully, it will be an encouragement and a challenge to you. Before we get into that, let me just remind you or bring you back um, or bring him back, I guess is the, probably the right way to say this, and introduce our guest this week on the podcast. Daryl DeGraff, uh, one of FBC's adult teachers, is back on the podcast. He covered First and Second Kings last week. This week, he's tackling First and Second Chronicles. Uh, again, I mentioned last week, but I'll say it again here. If you missed his bio in the book of Deuteronomy, go back and find that episode, hear a little bit about Daryl. Daryl's story and what brought him to this point, uh, why he loves teaching on the Old Testament so much. Um, but Daryl, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Well, I'm looking looking forward to this. Listeners, like I said, hopefully you enjoyed First and Second Kings last week as we covered a tremendous amount of territory uh, and a tremendous amount of history and a tremendous amount of chapters uh, last week on the podcast. We're going to be doing that again here this week as we're trying to cover both First and Second Chronicles here. But before we get into that, let me just remind you, um, on Sunday, Tom covered Hebrews 13 verses 7 through 25. If you missed that message, you can always find those old messages on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org. If you hit the resources button, the media button, go down to the sermons button. You can always catch up on any of those messages you might have missed, or you can follow our sermons feed podcast, search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find any of those old messages you may have missed, whether Tom's preaching or somebody else is in the pulpit. All right, here we go. We covered Kings last week. Now we're jumping into Chronicles, covering in in many ways the same sense for the same time period in history here, but with a very, very different emphasis, a very different scope here. Um, What's the occasion and situation of the books of First and Second Chronicles, Daryl? Um, well, what I'm going to do is start with something controversial, and hopefully you'll forget it by the time we're done. <laughs> well, you um, know, we always enjoy controversy here on the podcast. So, <laughs> so in, in my reading of Chronicles, where I actually uh, would first read it, is in um, the Hebrew Bible. And in that Bible, it doesn't follow kings. It actually appears at the end of the whole Old Testament. It's the very last book in the version of the Hebrew Bible that I have. Um, so I think that the main um, point of Chronicles is, first of all, to give a scope of all of human history. Because when you open the book, the first thing you read is, Adam. <laughs> mm. That was the, a guy we talked about a while ago. Yeah. 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 So, so um, it's, it's a scope of history, but um, of, from, from the creation, of course, it uh, moves very quickly, even still within the first chapter, um, through um, to the nation of Israel. So through Abraham and uh, his children, and then down to Jacob and his children, which forms mm. the mm-hmm. nation. Um, but as you continue to read on in the book, um, where it ends up leading you, and which is the main um, thrust of the book, 
is related to the kings of Israel. Um, it doesn't talk about what you saw, for example, in Samuel, um, why, uh, why Samuel became king, um, why um, uh, David necessarily became king after. I mean, those are things that are covered in Samuel, but the, the book of Chronicles has uh, a very different sort of take on, on those sort of things. But then it will um, deal with um, the kings proper, but now not necessarily the kings of Israel, only as their lives intersect with um, the reigns of kings of Judah. But where the um, text drives us to, um, and it's to the uh, end of the Old Testament and the recorded history, it leads us to the same place as, as kings did, a longing for a king who is righteous and who will lead the people into righteousness and right worship. Because remember, this nation is a theocracy, a nation under God. In fact, the whole earth is, and the fact that it starts with Adam is um, apropos to that idea. Uh, but it leaves us longing for a king who will rule on the earth who will be righteous and who will lead the people into righteousness. Now, some of the kings of, his, of Judah do that, um, but quite a few of them don't. And, and to your point, the significance of uh, get right, wrong, or otherwise, where the book is placed in the old, I mean, we could have that discussion, but the, the value of maybe the Hebrew Bible's approach of putting it at the end of the Old Testament is it encompasses that whole history and helps us see how everything that has gone before is projected forward to this question mark which we get answered in the Gospels and the New Testament, um, but we realize that it's trying to pull all those threads together and kind of provide that synopsis and where is this all going? You said it much better than I. Where should this all be headed? So that's the occasion. We're seeking to address that question of how has all this history that we've learned throughout the Old Testament pointing us, anticipating, moving forward to this king who will be sent. Um, you've already hinted a little bit. It starts with world history, if you will, with Adam in chapter one. How is the rest of this book organized? How does it set about telling that story? Um, the first nine chapters of the book are all genealogy. The first half of the first chapter is is basically from Adam um, to to Abraham and Jacob, and uh, then there's a, a a little section on. And you you got to sit and ponder for a little while. Why is this next section of genealogies here? But it has to do with kings of Edom or, or Seir. And, um, you know, you got to ask yourself, well, why did those come up? But note the refrain as well that's uh, in the second part of those. Uh, this king reigned and he died, and this guy sat on his throne, and then he reigned and he died, and, and so on. So you're seeing this progression of kings. Um, so it reminds you that if nothing else, all these kings die. Will we ever have a king who lives eternally? Yeah. So, you know, that's something that is... Uh, but at, at chapter 2, then the focus becomes um, completely on uh, Israel um, as far as genealogy. And you will see that continuing up um, until chapter nine, there is a there is a genealogy that chapter eight ends with of Saul, a fairly long genealogy of Saul, and it'll be picked up on the other side again of 
the genealogy that's listed in chapter 9, but the genealogy in chapter 9 is basically a genealogy of those who return from exile in Babylon. You can see that in the first verse. And Judah was taken into exile in Babylon because of their breach of faith. But what happens is then the people come out of exile back into the land under the um, decree of Cyrus, which is in fact where the book of Chronicles ends. So there's sort of a book ending here, um, this genealogy of the exiles, and then we see the return of the exiles, or at least the decree for the exiles to return at the very end of the book. And then um, in between there, we have uh, the progression of the, of the lives of the kings of uh, Judah, mm-hmm. uh, starting with Saul and David, of course, and Solomon. And then when you come to um, chapter uh, or second chronicles, then the focus is on Solomon for the first nine chapters, not unlike we, what we saw in uh, Second Kings. In fact, a lot of the text is uh, verbatim the same. You can read down the page and see that. Um, but it fits into a bit different story. Uh, you'll notice that in Chronicles, Solomon isn't, um, doesn't finish his life in the same way that he did in Kings. So spot that. Um, and and let it draw your attention and think about it a bit. Yeah. And, and so we'll see that uh, down toward the end. And um, probably one of the most striking things uh, as we move to the end, I, I was mentioning, I don't know if it made it into the uh, podcast on kings or not, but Manasseh uh, was uh, one of the worst kings. Uh, n- just about everything he did was um, idolatrous. Um, yet when in captivity, this is in chapter 33 of Second Chronicles, um, you can read about him. He was so bad, but when he was in captivity, he turned to the Lord and he prayed to him and God was moved by his entreaty. I'm reading right out of Second uh, Chronicles 33, 13. And God heard his plea and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. And then the most striking statement then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Yeah. So he was like, he was really bad before, but you know, it, it looks like there's a change of heart and you go, amen, amen. Just see all of those things as you read through this. This isn't just a history book. It's a, it's a book of theology of people walking with the Lord or rebelling against the Lord, an expectation of a Savior coming who will reign and rule forever. The promised one that you read about back in Genesis, the one you read about in Numbers, the one you read about in uh, Deuteronomy and that you keep reading about. Well, he, you turn the page if, if, it's, if Chronicles is best put at the end of the Old Testament, and there he is. There's yeah. the king. There's Jesus. Yeah, I... Obviously, it's a later question as far as Christ being testified about, but while we're on that theme, um, that, that really is the driving heartbeat of, of Chronicles, yes, right? It's just anticipating think, yeah. and begging for, yep. again, why does it follow the line of Judah? Yeah. Like, why is exactly. it such a that's strong the theme line. there? Because it's the going, okay, who yeah. is the son of David yep. that's going to come that's from right. the tribe of Judah, That's right. right? That's going to fulfill and be the one who does all of these things. Exactly so. It's, it's Christ. And the whole book just begs for Christ to come onto the scene for him to fulfill that role. Um, so obviously, we, we recognize one of these things that, that 
Kings and Chronicles tell much of the same history, but they tell it in very different ways. What, what right. would you say is the primary message of the book of Chronicles, especially as opposed to different than Kings as we're reading through that? Oh, well, I, th- I think in a lot of ways their, their stories are the same and their message is the same. Um, uh, I guess it's kind of hard to escape when <laughs> their subject matter is very uh, yeah. similar. But I, I think, again, as we mentioned earlier, the scope of Chronicles for a people returning from exile is to see that God's plan is for his people um, to be his people, to be a people who worships him, a people who is ruled by him mm. in righteousness. Yeah, I, I just know one of those temptations, uh, you know, as we mentioned before we were recording, uh, for a lot of people is, well, I, I've read Kings, I don't need to read Chronicles, or vice versa, I've read Chronicles, I don't need to read Kings. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and, and yeah, you do. That would, be the, that would be the reality. It's like, it feels like a repetition, and to your point, some of it is even verbatim, Uh, basically quoted in the same way from Kings to Chronicles. But the message, the uniqueness of what Chronicles is conveying, and as far as the scope of all humanity especially, and this is like the whole trajectory of all of creation is heading toward this one pivotal moment when Christ comes, is is uniquely emphasized in the books of First and Second Chronicles especially. The way the transition is made from Saul into David in Chronicles is really unique. And it focuses on the main issue of what a king should be. So when you pick up in um, Saul's life in Chronicles, it really, I mean, there's a genealogy that precedes. So then God's determination was that this is not the guy who's going to rule my people. And um, when you read in verse 13, so Saul died for his breach of faith, that's the first part of it. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted mediums in seeking guidance. So these are things that he did. He didn't seek the guidance of the Lord. So, you know, you can see where his, his failing, and this is more generally. This just isn't on that uh, last part, you know, the, the story that just precedes this battle. Because if you read in, in Samuel, there's this battle where he goes to consult with a medium. Yep, yep. This is the pattern of his life. Yeah. Um, and then you read this, and this is really heavy, verse 14. He did not seek the guidance of the Lord, therefore the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to yeah. David, the son of Jesse. So if you look at Solomon as a king, um, he was a failure because he just did not seek the Lord. He was unfaithful to the Lord. You don't, you don't really see any... Um, any real concern for the Lord in mm-hmm. his life. On the other hand, when you turn to chapter 11, the very next chapter, then all, and this is after the, the death of, um, uh, after some time after the death of uh, Saul, then all Israel gathered together to David at Hebron and said, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, even when Saul was king, it was you who led us out and brought in Israel. And the Lord your God said to you, you will be shepherd of my people. So take a look at this. David is a leader and behaves like a shepherd even before he is a shepherd because God 
proclaimed, this guy's going to be your shepherd. And, and they, they finally accept him as shepherd. So you will be a shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over my people Israel. Yeah. So obviously this, this whole book is building that direction toward, toward Christ, toward, toward where we're going. And also I, I love that you spend a little time talking about David's story here because then David becomes kind of the standard by which yes. everyone yep. through the rest of the book is judged. Right. Um, how did they walk? Did they walk in in obsessive obedience to yeah. God, or did they walk in in their own pattern? So amidst all all of these stories, and 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 with David being kind of the standard, uh, obviously we want to be taking a look at this and saying what what is this what does this do? What is this? How does this impact my life specifically? As as we're reading through all these stories, David and Solomon and so many others that we've mentioned. What are we supposed to be understanding that, like, what, what impact is it supposed to be having on what we believe or what we do? I think it's hard to read the story of David and, and say to yourself, you know, that's the kind of man I should be. Because remember what he said back in Samuel, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. Mm-hmm. And um, if, if, we, if we really truly want to walk with the Lord, I mean, we won't be king over Israel, but we can have that... S- or, and should have that same uh, type of devotion. And if I can even go just a little bit further, if you are a believer, the Spirit of God lives in you. Christ dwells in you. There's no reason <laughs> you can't walk with the Lord in devotion your whole life. Yep. And, and I love in, in the story of David, the, the distinguishing characteristic between David and the other kings listed most frequently, not always, but some, sometimes we see this in other kings too, is, is not David being perfect. David right. messed up, and we read some of those stories. Oh, yes. The difference is how David responds in repentance. That's right. Like when it comes to enduring and living a life to the end right. and being faithful to God to the end, his continual repentance when he fails yes. is, is definitely something we should emulate as well as we yeah. consider that in our own lives. That's right. And in fact, his final words uh, to me, I mean, like every time I read them, I'm almost in, in, in uh, tears. Uh, so part of his devotion and the fact that he couldn't, he wasn't the one who was going to build the temple, um, but... He said, well, I know what I can do, and that's I can collect things and get ready for it. Mm. So he, you know, he set up a whole system of um, how the priests, I mean, and you got to kind of ask yourself, was, you know, who does David think he is <laughs> telling the priest, this is how you're going to organize yourself, you know, and all that. But I mean, that's what he did. And, and you can read that starting at chapter, really, at I, I guess, chapter 22, but um, especially starting in 23, yeah. there is the, um, he's organizing the Levites and the priests and the musicians, and I'm just going by what my Bible has listed as chapter heads, uh, gatekeepers, treasurers and officials, and then he looks at military divisions. And don't forget that a lot of the Levites were actually soldiers as well. Mm-hmm. And you, you can read that in the story of Uzziah because, and also the story of uh, Josiah, I believe it is, that they carry swords and, and, uh, and shields because they defend the, the place of God. <laughs> and you, you can read about that great, great readings. Um, military divisions, leaders of the tribes and all of that. He's getting all this set up. And then 
when you get to the uh, very last chapter, 29, um, uh, David says, you know, I've collected all this stuff for the building of the temple. And, and so, so how about the rest of you guys? <laughs> Would you like to contribute something? And, and they, they uh, contribute freely. Um, in fact, he uses this word over and over, um, starting in verse 6 of chapter 29. The leaders of the Father's houses made their free will offerings, as did the leaders of the hundreds and thousands and all that. And whoever had precious stones and all that, they rejoiced because they had given willingly with a whole heart. They had offered freely. And so then David himself rejoices greatly. And that causes him not to, okay, so, so we did that, now let's go home. But it causes him to fall on his knees in worship. So then it says, Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, um, forever and ever. And he exalts him there. And then he says down in verse 12, both riches and honors come from you and you rule over everything. In your hand are power and might, in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, the reason he says that is because, listen to what he says next, <laughs> but who am I and what is my people that we should thus be able to offer willingly? For all things come from you. And of your own, we have given you. And now look at his, his longer view, not, not just of this moment, but of where he stands in time mm. and in eternity. Amen. Good reminder from the books of First and Second Chronicles here. Uh, listeners, let me just remind you a bit of, of what you've heard here as we wrap up our discussion here. Um, these books, again, kind of covering some of the same historical time period of, as First and Kings, but with a very different emphasis, with an emphasis on the, these kings of Judah, this, this idea of all of history, history pointing and directing toward Christ. Uh, I'm not going to go back through the breakdown of the chapters. There's enough of them here. Uh, go back and listen through that if you're looking for a little bit of a breakdown. Um, but the whole of the book really devoted to um, what does it look like to walk with the Lord, to be devoted to the Lord like David was and like so many of the kings weren't that followed after him? A good reminder for all of us as far as the, the chief aim of our lives being to worship God. We've, we've mentioned that a number of times as we went through the Pentateuch and some of the Old Testament books, that this is the point of all life and to not orient our lives that way, even if you're a king, uh, is ultimately to make your time here on earth fruitless. Um, any final discussions for our listeners here or any final thoughts for our listeners, Daryl? Uh, no, the only other thing I was going to, to say is um, for these people, it was, li it was to live expectantly as mm. well for the Savior who was to come. Amen. Um, we've seen him, but we too should be expectant because he's coming again. Amen. So, <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Maranatha. All right. Well, listeners, that's it for this week's episode here on First and Second Chronicles. 
Um, let me just prime you here for a couple of things. Number one, uh, this coming Sunday is Easter. Uh, can't believe it's already here, but we would encourage you to join us for our Easter service at either 9 o'clock or 10.30. We'd love to have you for one of those services. Don't forget that we have a Good Friday service on Friday at 6.30 p.m. We'd love to see you here for that one as well. And thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. If it's been helpful to you, remember you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.